All right, time for our fiscal focus segment brought to you by InfoChoice, your choice of information on Australian consumer finance. Now, we all know saving money can be hard, particularly this time of year, and especially amid a challenging cost of living environment. But sometimes our money behaviours make things even more difficult. So we want to talk about managing our, managing, sorry, our daily money habits. Joining us with some tips is Anthony Caniva, General Manager of Member Engagement and Wellbeing at Insignia Financial. G'day, Anthony. Welcome to the Savings Tip Jar. Hey, Dom. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us, Anthony. So just straight off the top, uh, what is this uh, Japanese money management uh, philosophy, Kakebo? Kakebo. Yeah, th- thanks for asking. Um, Kakebo has been around for over 100 years. Uh, it literally translates into household family ledger. But what does it actually mean? Like, how do you put it to practice? It's this idea around if you just write down everything that you spend, every time you make a purchase, whether it be online, in the real world, write it down. So whether you need to carry around a little notebook or you add it to your phone, um, write it down. That is the number one rule every single time in real time. So you don't try to add it up all later. You want to write down what you spent on and how much you spent. And there are two really important reasons why you, you go about doing this. Um, one is you become far more connected to where your money's actually going, right? We're so unconscious and you earn money and it kind of goes out the door as you're spending it but it makes you far more connected to where it's actually going. And so having a better understanding of your spending is just generally really, really helpful because it's something that's missing from a lot of people's financial lives. And then the other part, it's a bit tricky. It's actually quite preventative, right? This idea that you write it down, you're then conscious of the fact that I might need to look back at this. How am I going to feel tomorrow or in a week's time when I look back and go, oh, I spent you know so many dollars on this Uber Eats when I probably could have cooked my own meal. Um, you know, so you end up stop spending in areas that you're currently spending. So it, it kind of has this dual effect uh, on improving your own spending habits. Yeah, awesome. That uh, might be something I might have to try because I'm just seeing money flying out the window and I don't even know where it's going. It's a bit harder on, <laughs> so, on a Friday yeah. night, like at the bar, yeah. where you've had a few <laughs> drinks and you yeah. go, oh, don't mind me, I'm just pulling out my notepad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the writing might be a little more illegible uh, at some hour of the night though. <laughs> Hey, we're all carrying digital notepads in our pockets um, all the time now in our phones, plenty of little note-taking apps there. So that could be uh, one way of doing it, I guess. Um, now, Anthony, one thing you said uh, could actually reduce your discretionary expenses by as much as 25% is actually focusing on your long-term happiness. So can you just talk us through that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. There's a ton of research around um, what makes you happy, what doesn't make you happy. And you know, there's that age-old question, does money equal happiness? Um, And there is some science around where it does and where it doesn't make you happy. Typically, we do a lot of spending on ourselves and we buy things for ourselves. Um, There there is no correlation between that spending and happiness. But where there is correlation is when you're spending for others. And in particular, when you're spending on experiences that you can share with others. So what you can start doing is saying, before you make a purchase, will this make me happy? It's a really simple kind of technique. And if the answer is, well, actually, no, it's not particularly buying me happiness. It's not really aligned with my values. You tend to see a reduction in consumption in the order of 20 to 25% in some of the research. So really simple trick, really neat, easy to do, um, but can have really big impacts on your on your financial outcomes. For sure. And off the back of that as well, um, there's a point here about urge surfing. Can you explain what exactly that is and why it's it's beneficial? And do you implement any of this in your personal budgeting day to day? Yes. Well, first of all, I'll answer the second part first. I absolutely do. 
Um, so what is urge surfing you're asking? Urge surfing is this idea that um, as you're buying things, as you want to buy things, surf that kind of inner urge and just kind of ride it, right? Don't act upon it, just ride it um, and delay. So rather than buying in the moment where you might be driven by some sort of emotional need or something that's just happened in your day, so it's a situational purchase, add it to a list. Right? And so what happens over time, if you decide to review this list every week, fortnight, month, whatever's suitable for you and your circumstances, you end up seeing a bunch of things on a list. And so you can say, well, do I actually want this anymore? So you have this effect where one, some things on the list, you end up not purchasing at all. So it's completely just saved money straight off the bat. And then the second really helpful part is that you start to see these lumps of potential purchases as one expense. And you go, oh, that's a lot of money. Maybe I need to prioritize these. Which do I want more than the other? And so you start to go, well, I'll actually, I'll, I'll buy that first item, but I'll buy that second item and I'll keep it on the list. I'll, I'll save it for next week and I'll review it again. So it's a really helpful way of prioritizing your spend and setting yourself a fixed budget. And you can do all sorts of different variations of this. So you could say, you know, if it's between $100 and $500, I'll review it weekly. If it's between $500 and $2,000, I'll review it monthly or quarterly or whatever the kind of right fit is for your lifestyle. So, so you can kind of shape it up for your own needs. But again, it's really easy because it's something that you just stop doing. You just don't make the purchase and add it to the list. So you can start doing it today which is what I love about the three kind of things that we just spoke about, that they're really easy rules that you can follow straight away. Anthony, one thing that I'm a big fan of doing is um, logging basically my, my wealth growth progress on a spreadsheet. Uh, so really I just kind of you know, have a big tally of, okay, how much have we got in my savings account, how much left uh, debt owing on my home loan, and really just sort of tracking that net wealth growth. Um, can you just talk through the importance of, of just regularly checking in with your finances? Super important, right? I, I think there's that idea that I was mentioning before around being so disconnected from our money. You know, it's quite an unconscious thing that just happens in the background. And so while the rules that we just spoke about are around those day-to-day -day kind of trying to find areas for savings, there's that other element where we need to think long-term, what is this all adding up to? And so if you're saving money, what are you going to do with it? Do you pay off more of your home loan? Do you put it into superannuation? Do you set up a separate investment account? Um, and having what you just described, which is fantastic, so congratulations. Um, if more people can do that and kind of review it, you can start to go, actually, where do I want my money to go? If it looks like X today, what do I want it to look like um, in, in so many months time? Uh, and doing that regularly is really helpful. You can do it on your own, you can do it with your financial partner in your life. Um, and it's really, really powerful because you can start to have some really meaningful conversations uh, and tap into your wants and needs and articulate your own values. So there are all sorts of things that you can do to make those check-ins more valuable. Um, you know, try to do it with as much intention as possible, I would say. Now, what can people do if they're not a big finance nerd like Dom who operates an entire spreadsheet to track his wealth? What can people do that's uh, convenient? Because if it's too hard to do, right, like people aren't going to do it. So are there apps or any other techniques that you can employ to track down your your growing wealth and your and your budgets? Yeah, definitely. Um, there's a variety of apps out there. So you might want to do something that is more app based if you're if you're more tech savvy. Um, there's a few of them. If you just type in budget into the app store, you'll see a bunch of them. And, and you, what they tend to do is they'll connect into your bank accounts and they'll aggregate all the information and give you a single view of, of all the data. 
Um, you can play around with a couple of them to kind of see which one works for you. Um, but you could do something really simple. And one of the things that I've personally used, I just had a piece of page, piece of paper on my desk and it had boxes that I needed to tick. And each box was allocated to Monday through to Sunday. And I had a kind of whole month on my desk. And so I had this one thing that I wanted to do every single day. Right? It could be, did I ask myself if my expenses were going to make me happy? Or did I avoid discretionary spending today? And I set myself six days of the week where I'm going to avoid discretionary spending. So each day I just started ticking that box, right? So if you're not a numbers person, you can just start to track your habit. And what's really important about tracking your habits is that they become a self-reinforcing loop, right? You get really motivated when you see these streaks or what you call habit loops as they start to continue. Um, you don't want to give them up. If you've ever used something like Duolingo, people talk about how they've got daily streaks on Duolingo and they don't want to break it or they've got daily streaks on the Nike or Strava apps. Like these are the sorts of things that tap into your own behaviors. So it's not, it's not about being a real finance nerd, like perhaps the three of us on, on this call. It's just about <laughs> doing some of these really hygiene things consistently well. Mm. Yeah. Just really get into that habit, I guess. Uh, and then when habits can be hard to break. So I guess if you're making it a daily thing, uh, it's more likely to happen. Um, also, uh, you also talk about um, the importance of counting your blessings, your, you know, basically knowing what you're grateful for and visualizing success. So how does this uh, impact your money mindset? I will start by saying I was a huge skeptic on this particular strategy. Um, so I had to kind of dig into the science a bit. So I'll sound a little bit nerdy here. Um, there's this part of your brain called the reticular activation system. Um, and it's it helps you transfer your experiences into your subconscious and helps how you operate on your autopilot mechanism. And so what we know is that if you start to visualize what you want to do and what you want to be in terms of how you interact with your finances. And this works equally well in other domains. If you start to express gratitude for the things that you have in terms of your financial circumstances and the opportunities that you have, your reticular activation system kind of embeds that into your subconscious. Then when you go about just living your life, you tend to see things through that lens, right? We have these lenses in our brains that help us perceive things and interpret them. So if you go about visualizing what you want to accomplish, you are more likely to see opportunities to accomplish it. So it's a really tricky way um, of getting you to see opportunities to achieve the goals that you want to achieve. I hope that's kind of come through all right. <laughs> that sounded pretty, um, that's... I guess, esoteric for me. But yeah, it's something that everyone can kind of wrap their heads around i suppose it's um just about as much as visualizing what you want um as well as doing the actions to support that that goal i i suppose um and a just simple, finally, a simple you know, way to break it down you know once a week sit down and say what did i do well with my money this week and what do i want to do next week write down three things in each category mm. right, super easy that's all you got to do Sounds pretty attainable for a lot of people. Um, just finally, Anthony, you know, we've talked about counting our blessings and your own personal um, budgeting, you know, methods and philosophies. So in the lead up to this sort of Christmas break period, uh, what are you grateful for and what blessings are you counting? Oh, great question. Um, what am I grateful for? Um, I'm grateful for family. I'm grateful for uh, having a job that I'm passionate about and enjoy. Um, I'm grateful for... Um, well, I'm looking forward to the Christmas that we're going to have, you know, sitting down with 
loved ones and being able to share nice experiences. Um, was that the whole question? There was another part, wasn't there? Just what blessings are you counting? What blessings am I counting? Um, just having a good year. I think it's been a, a good year. It's, it's been a challenging year from an external environment perspective. You know, I think a lot of people have gone through really challenging moments all over the world. And even hearing the news can be really hard sometimes, whether it be economic news or geopolitical news. And so just really grateful that, you know, from a personal perspective, we're all together and everyone's happy and healthy. Anthony's has been a great chat. Yeah, this is um, definitely different to what we are usually used to talking about, which is always, you know, property market or the RBA and what's going on with the uh, A lot of doom and gloom and, content. And but uh, yeah, it's a good one sort of blending, you know, neuropsychology and finance. This has been, this has been very insightful. So really appreciate your time on the Savings Tip Job podcast. Thanks for your insights. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much, Anthony.